540 million years. An inconceivable gulf of time that will put you during what is known as the Cambrian Era here on Earth. The planet where humans are now the dominant species would be completely unrecognizable. Continents and land masses nowhere near where they are today and completely bereft of the wealth of plant and animal life we see today. All life on Earth existed within its oceans at the time. The planet had just experienced a veritable explosion of life. In an evolutionary blink of an eye, the life that had been slowly developing beneath the waves had gone from a carpet of single-celled life to a thriving ecosystem of bizarre-looking creatures filling all manner of ecological niches. To this day, scientists are still searching for the impetus for this prolific blooming of biological life. If an early Earth could have produced such a wealth of life in oceans with conditions so completely different from their current state, what could this possibly mean for other watery worlds within our own solar system and even those beyond? This case file, join the theorists as they preach the comfort found within the eight-armed embrace of the most sublime cephalopod in Alien Ocean Worlds. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing Case File 235. Kevin Costner presents Alien Waterworld. <laughs> I'm Braden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew. And a quick disclaimer, this episode it has no affiliation to Kevin Costner. Cover yeah. all our legal bases. <laughs> as hard as we tried, though, we, you know, try yeah. to get a hold of them. We thought he had all uh, the answers. This was, dude, this was a fun week for me because um, looking up, this is a term we're going to use a couple times on this show, uh, Haitian planet. Haitian? Um, Haitian? It's not Haitian. 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 What is Haitian? Just aliens with dreadlocks. Is that, is that what we're talking about? <laughs> Hades on Haitian. Earth, man. Haitian. Haitian? Haitian, Haitian. Haitian. yes. Haitian. Uh, and that means, you know, a water, basically, uh, ocean planet with a hydrogen atmosphere and a habitable zone. I'm glad you cleared that up because Dan fucked up and put octopuses on the top of the notes, and I got lost. Well, that's how, was, well, that's I how got we were going to start it. I, I, got, I did nothing but fucking octopus documentaries for like four days. Well, <laughs> Dude, listen, I'm, I'm off Skynet. I'm off AI. Octopuses are going to take over the world. I'm 100%. I think we need we need to fucking kill them all. Well, we're going to get to that through this episode for sure. Well, we were, but, uh, you know, Braden decided just to dive in. Yeah, <laughs> Waterworlds. Yeah. Well, the, the episode's called Waterworlds. So we decided the episode. Right. So I just wanted to lay out the groundwork of that. I was exciting because this was a fun topic to learn about. As right, I like this Kevin Costner's Waterworlds too. I was going to say, like, cinematic masterpiece. I, I mean, what are you going to tell me that I didn't already learn in the movie? Right. That's what I want to know. I've even seen it at Universal Studios. Watch that this shit is live, just, This is an hour and 45 minute podcast breakdown of Kevin Costner's Magnus, magnum opus, Waterworld. And what went wrong? 
Oh, everything went right. Nothing went wrong. Okay. What? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing went wrong. It's an amazing movie. The live action uh, remake when you go to, was it? Is that Universal? Universal Studios. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Awesome. Stunt spectacular. That was fucking awesome. Better than the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Right. So this episode is more of a, it's more of a theorizing episode. Sure it is. Um, because uh, there's there's one question that usually gets um, thrown around, or actually it's like it's a little headline that always pops up, and I know people have asked us about it before, and I know it gets posted to our uh, like our Facebook. It's and it always pops up on my feed because I'm always looking for this kind of stuff. But uh, it's you know tentacles, octopus. Yeah, <laughs> Dan's always looking for tentacles. On a side note, I used to have a. a an, ir- an irrational, uh, an irrational fear. Oh, oh well, here it comes finally. An ira- irrational attraction to tentacles. No, I used to have an irrational fear of uh, like everything, like he giant just tried big oh, veiny tentacles on everything at school. <laughs> um, I, it, I still, I still, I don't think it's irrational. I think it's perfectly rational to to worry about a giant cephalopod fucking rising up out of the deep to pull you down and then Dude, fucking rip you apart. You've seen the um, deleted scenes in Goonies? That shit was terrifying, yeah. man. I watched the, what was it? What what year was that? When The Beast came out? With, who was in that? Beast. Craig T. Nelson wasn't in that one. The Beast, Peter Penchley's The Beast, where giant squids terrorizes like a town or something. No, that was pretty cool. Anyways. Um, yeah, so there's always this, this headline that kind of Coach takes on and fucking squids. So it is like fucking... <laughs> uh, um, no, no, the one with Craig T. Nelson actually is the Isn't one. Isn't that coach? The, Isn't Craig T. Nelson coach? Yeah, he's coach, yeah. but that, I, I don't think he's in the Beast. He's in the creature. It's just the one about the fucking uh, shark human hybrid. I think is a different one. It's pretty good. That was tough a, times. Two part. So what you're good. saying is tough times for Craig T. Nelson after a coach. Not a lot of fucking <laughs> prospects until he got that Pixar money. Uh, so the um, the whole thing, it kind of. This, that kind of turns you to this topic about like uh, having these habitable ocean worlds. Is talking about um, really it starts with the conversation can start with octopuses on our world. Um, the headline always pops up every now and then. Octopuses have alien DNA. It always pops up on there. Um, That's true, though. Not in the sense that you would imagine that it is. An octopus so, uh, looks like nothing else on this planet. Except a squid and a cuttlefish. Well, not not really. Animalist. They're similar. They're similar. <laughs> Similarities. <laughs> well, they, you, they, they don't look exactly the same, but they're from the same family and they have very similar genetic fucking abilities. Have you seen that video of the octopus? They like put them in that little jar, it unscrews it from the inside and just like wiggle. Mm-hmm. Dude, they, it's wild. It's so crazy. They change color. They got suction cups. Yeah, cuttlefish is cuttlefish. The, the big difference between like cuttlefish do change color and ca- camouflage too. The crazy thing about octopus, the fact that they change texture. How fucking crazy is that? They look, yeah, they make them look like coral or rock. Yeah, oh, dude, and, it's fucking crazy. Boys, fuck ocean, uh, Haitians and whatever the fuck Brayden's talking about. Let's just <laughs> okay, talk about well, octopuses. I got a whole thing of notes. You want to talk? What do you want to know about octopus? I'll tell you right now. <laughs> it's all octopusy, boys. It's all I how got. Many, how many tentacles? <laughs> oh, boys, do you want to know a bunch of random facts about octopuses? Are we yeah, let's hear. We do. Yeah, yeah. let's go. Okay. Yeah. We're on it. You seem very okay. excited so, to listen, tell us. The scientist one time <laughs> documented an octopus changing his color 177 times in an hour. It's pretty good. Pretty, so pretty they impressive. can change their camouflage within seconds, which makes them they completely can. different than other, like chameleons and shit like that. But what, you know what it learned about cephalopods? 
which is like blew my fucking mind to pieces is the fact that they're colorblind. What? Exactly. They so can't see color, but they can uh, replicate they, they, it. They're colorblind, but they have uh, they have photo photoreceptors in their limbs and their skin. Oh, so they just touch color and they change to it. Isn't that fucking they can crazy? Feel color. Oh yeah, dude. And a lot of time, dude. And a lot of time too. The limbs work on their own. Like the brain doesn't. One of their fucking eight hundred brains that they have don't control the limbs. The limbs react themselves. Alien. Yes. Right. Oh, dude. Is that that why they called him Doctor Octopus? Was that the whole thing? Like his, the limbs control him. Yeah, I get maybe. That's a good call, actually. I think it has more to do with it rhymes with his last name. Yeah, and he has eight limbs. And he has eight limbs. But uh, another thing too is like, have you ever heard of the coconut carrying octopus? No. This is the thing that fucking. This is why I think we need to take up arms over these motherfuckers. All right. So. When an octopus is going from a place where it do- it knows that it doesn't have any shelter, it'll pick up the half of a fucking coconut and carry it and bring it as shelter. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Octopus have been so, doing that. Yeah. Like that's one of the like that's an example of an octopus using a composite tool. Right. Does that not blow your fucking brains to pieces? Like who else I mean, does that? <laughs> Humans and primates, and maybe some birds could, are able to do that. But that. But think well, about a that. hermit crab. Hermit but, crab. Yeah, but the difference with that though is the fact that the way it's plotting it out, it shows that it's actually like it's able to fucking it's thinking, plan. Think ahead. It's and preparing plan. and planning ahead. It's thinking about the past because it's like, oh fuck, I could get attacked by something. So it's planning to bring this coconut. And the, the biggest thing too is like the, to bring this coconut around with it. Like that's that's laborious, right? Like like that's word. That's work. That's hard to do. It's inconveniencing him to fucking drag this coconut, but he's still doing it for that reason. To protect himself. Like, that's fucking crazy. And then... Definitely, there's, like, the... Like, I wonder what they... What do they rank for smarts? Up there, they're up there with chimpanzees, dude. I was watching... There's a documentary I watched. It's called Contact, and it's this guy that lives with an an octopus. Yeah. Lives with an (laughs) octopus. Or no, no, not Joey. Fuck Joey. Freaks me out. Um, lives with a fucking oct- octopus and it shows like it, it likes to be pet. It shows like they did Weird. tests where he, the guy that was living with octopus would walk into the room with another person and they were dressed exactly the same and it was able to differentiate between them. It could tell who it liked and who it didn't like. Um, you would see it while it was sleeping, changing colors and patterns, showing it was dreaming. Weird. Oh, dude. We got to go on a worldwide octopus cull. I think I think that's what we got to do. <laughs> like, check this. So they did this study with cuttlefish. And they, they had them in this tank, and they had male cuttlefish on one side of the tank and female cuttlefish on the other side of the tank. And what one of the cuttlefish would do is it would go to the middle of the tank, and it would show its side, the side that was facing the female cuttlefish. It would mimic the same patterns as the female. And then he would leave his other side the same, like the male, or sorry, vice versa. It would show the females his male side, and it would show the males the female side, so the males wouldn't attack a female. So he was able to go over there and mate, do whatever the fuck he wanted, because the males looked at him and thought he was just another female. Yeah, I, I remember watching a Planet Earth about the cuttlefish where they're what like fucking crazy. The, the, the ones that weren't jacked would pretend to look like ladies, and then would sneak up on the women while the big ones were fighting. 
right? It's like those, like, oh. it's like those fucking that's that's those feminist dudes. That's what they yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> that's the they're the Dennis Reynolds of the uh, the Dennis Reynolds of the the fucking cephalopod world. Yeah, pretend to be that really good friend, really nice friend, and uh. then smooth your way in. But the it work with humans, though. You get friends out at hard. The the only. The only the other thing I have to say about octopuses, if you go to any aquarium where they have a great Pacific octopus, they got that shit locked down like Fort Knox because I guarantee they have a story of this motherfucker escaping or trying to escape, swimming up the fucking pipes. Dude, or eating sharks. They had this problem in a fucking aquarium where sharks were just going missing and they couldn't figure out what was happening to them. So they put yep. cameras in there and they there's this great whatever uh, that you described, octopus. Great Pacific, yeah. That's camouflaged as coral and you watch him straight up snatch up a shark and eat his ass. Mm-hmm. Like they eat a, his ass? Oh yeah, eat his ass. Like start at the fin. <laughs> the fin to face, boys. Fin to face. <laughs> With that beat, just like... Bah, 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 bah. Uh, the other thing I've seen is I've been fishing once and this is a story I, and I tell this and like, like I said, I'm an animal lover so... I I had no part in this, but one of the people we were fishing with pulled up one of the uh, like a great Pacific octopus, and it latched onto the side of the boat and was climbing like climbing in, Ooh. and the guy was like with the poker was trying to get it off, and this other guy came who was the captain, and he just basically macheted this thing, and then, and then I was like I was like whoa like, is that a little overkill? And he goes he goes. One of those things got on my boat once and attacked me, and I will never let another one get close to me. He goes, it was the, it's it fucking was like, terrifying. It was the most, he said it was the most terrifying thing he's ever been through, and it was biting him, and it was like the suction cups were like f- fucking up his oh skin God, and shit. Dude. And he was like, he was like, I will never let another one of those things ever get close to me. No, fuck and I was that. Just, and I was just like, oh shit. Like, I think all right, can, fair enough. I'm pretty sure you can, like, they can live no problem when you cut off their limbs though like oh he didn't cut off i don't know if they can oh he took off the face and oh he let's just say it was like what color was his blood it was probably green (laughs) i just saw the the swinging i didn't really i was like standing on the other side of the boat being like am i witnessing a crime i don't know what's happening here why is he so mad at that octopus and then he, he had enough of these motherfucking <laughs> octopuses on his motherfucking no, boat. That, yeah, and that's what he said. He's like, he's like, he got attacked by one, and he's held it. He was like, it was personal. Oh my god, did he have? Did he have a peg leg and an eye patch? And like, I got attacked by one one of these times. Uh, like, I feel like I every one of these captains has a story of being attacked at some but Etsy. But like, Pretty they're normal. they're huge. Those they have blue. Cats. They have blue blood too. But do they? Yeah. See, they're aliens. Thousand percent. <laughs> Uh, so all all of these facts and all that stuff put together um, kind of sums up one of these papers that popped up like in 2015 or so. Um, there was a paper there was a paper published uh, called "Cause of Cambrian Explosion: Terrestrial or Cosmic." And in this paper, the the authors try, tried to make the point that the octopus being as strange as it is, as alien, alien as it seems to be, um, that is proof that perhaps that sometime during the Cambrian explosion, if you don't know what the Cambrian explosion was, it was the uh, this sp- almost unparalleled, and, you know, I use the word spontaneous emergence of uh, an, like, endless, right? That was about 540 million years ago. Um, so what, and this what caused that, con- sorry? Like, what? They're not sure yet. A meteor from space, for sure, dropped <laughs> off a bunch of motherfucking aliens. That's why that is so cool, because, I mean, the Earth was, if you go with, like, our timeline of what we know of the Earth, there's, like, it's been existing for four billion years. It's gone through, like, volcanism, like, extreme volcanism, like, extreme ice ages. With all the Spocks, right? 
Of course. Is that what that is? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we had oceans with like simple life. And then out of nowhere, seemingly in the fossil record, just an explosion of like more complex life, like worms and like like little like worms with like jaws that would crush shit yeah. up and like it just like out of nowhere it seemed like life just exploded and everyone yeah. all of a sudden nature got scary yeah it got <laughs> it was highly debated like what happened here like what what caused the explosion so the yeah and the le- the leading theories like the leading theories that kind of like uh, are put forward by a lot of the uh, like a majority of scientists will tell you that probably what might have sparked it was either uh, they've tried to kind of put the their weight behind some have put their weight behind the idea that uh the, there was a steep rise in oxygen that you know algae kind of took form and then the rise of oxygen which allowed uh more predators to develop since oxygenation is like a, an important part of being a predator like being able to metabolize uh you know energy faster and doing kinds of things like that and then there's also perhaps maybe the evolutionary advent of uh vision like complex vision systems and organisms allowed these predators uh, to to develop and then like a food chain and then that kind of stuff. But then, it's like there's... The octopus you, eyes, that's another thing. Like, right. dude, like our eyes are all ass backwards. The way we take in light and everything like that. Like their eye, they have, they probably have the best eyes of all fucking creatures on the planet. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, sure. What color is my background, Mr. Octopus? Gray? <laughs> oh yeah, I guess they're colorblind, that's true. But still, I mean, like the way they're, I don't know. But They work well for their environment. They yeah, work yeah. See, like great, great um, detail. Yeah, so the high high oxygen, what else? Well, the high oxygen, uh, development of vision. And then there's another theory that's been kind of gaining traction lately uh, that perhaps there was a cosmic explanation for this rise in or this sudden explosion of, uh, you know, the diversity of life. And the, a highly advanced octopus race from a different galaxy you go, you, boarded the, a <laughs> fucking comet with... Octopus eggs and sent it flying at Earth. That's what, what happened is, here. You, you think it's just a coincidence that Zoidberg looks just like an octopus? Bullshit. It's a fact. <laughs> Aliens. But isn't so, that weird, though? Like, this theory is exactly like fucking Spider-Man animated series fucking symbiote story. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, the same thing. The authors put forth like a, a pretty convincing argument about how it could possibly... So, like Zell said, uh, th- that's pretty close to what they actually said is like, yes. Uh, yeah. Maybe the super advanced part, but not sure. <laughs> we don't know. So, um, if you're wondering, so apparently, uh, you know, they kind of made the point that perhaps, like, you could have a, a, a cometary body that somehow preserved, like, you know, how most comets are made of kind of like pretty much like dirty ice. They're just made of ice and, and dirt and cosmic dust and whatever. But they're saying that perhaps like a comet could have maintained a liquid interior through a couple different methods. But the one that I really remembered was in like, like radioactive decay. Like you could actually like, and they say that could probably be why some, uh, even some, uh, you know, moons and some places, some planetary bodies in our solar system might actually have liquid interiors, maybe like Pluto or something like that, where it's like inside there's like radioactive material that is decaying and so therefore warming the surroundings and then keeping that liquid interior. Therefore, radiating the fertilized octopus eggs so when they do hit the planet, super pusses. There you go. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I mean, I guess. We just have like constant <laughs> nuclear fission of some type, like just heating up the water on these comets. Is that what's going on? Um, so that's that's just one of their theories. They kind of throw that out there as to being like, um, they kind of throw the octopus out as their, their kind of uh, 
uh, like their proof, I guess that they could say for their theory or evidence for their theory. They say that the the complexity of its uh, of its nervous system, uh, the, the its high intelligence, and the way that it's kind of not very similar to any other uh, organism on the planet. The way it can change its RNA on a, on the fly, like on the fucking fly. What <laughs> yeah. who what, what else can do that? So are you telling me that this motherfucker can beat COVID no problem? Absolutely. The minute it got it, beat just boom. Changes <laughs> RNA, fucking spike protein. Well, that's what that's what you're taking the vaccine from. This fucking blast shooting. Off. No, no, no. That's how you get planted of the fucking octopi or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Don't do that <laughs> shit. I think that's octopuses. How I, octopuses no. is the that is the correct plural of octopus. Not octopuses. Yeah. Is that octopi? Octop- not octopuses. Octop- not octopi. Octopuses. Octopies. <laughs> octopuses. Yeah. Reese's octopuses. Octopuses. Octopuses is good. Octopuses is good. You can use that one too. Okay. I approve. Right. <laughs> so wait, what's the real one? Octopi? Octopi. Octopuses. Yeah, Octop- octopi is like outdated. Apparently. What? Yeah. That one's yeah. cool. Yeah. Hey, that's the O word to octopuses. Yeah. Oh yeah. You don't <laughs> don't dead name uh, them. Yeah. Yeah. Bullshit. Is We're going to get some fucking one star reviews from the entire... <laughs> Oh no! For really? The, Eight yeah. one-star reviews yeah, it's, written by it's one. It's gonna be my each. fucking fault again. <laughs> uh, you know how fast they can write one-star reviews too. Got fucking eight arms, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so there, there were responses written to this, uh, to this publishing of this paper. As a, you know, a couple of them, uh, there are a few, a few fair criticisms to this as to why you know um, some were. Trying to skeptical of this kind of conclusion that they kind of put forth of being like octopus are they're octopus a, a sympathizers rose. is what they are <laughs> sleeper yeah. cells uh, Hydra's, so octop- Hydra's logo is a fucking octopus boys it's all coming together we gotta get rid of these fucking octopuses pussies octopuses <laughs> gotta get rid of gotta get rid of all the octopuses alright yeah. so interestingly enough like we actually mapped the octopus genome back in 2015. Scientists actually mapped the complete genome of a number, like three different octopus species. And there's like one octopus, there's an octopus, like two octopus, and then one cuttlefish, I think. They mapped all their genomes. I hate to correct you, but it's octopuses, we decided. Sorry, octopuses. And they said that they they found a bunch of surprising things about them. Uh, There's something I found out actually recently that I thought was also pretty cool about octopuses. All, All octopuses are venomous. To some degree, which I did not know. Another reason to get rid of them, boys. All Another of them. Reason every, to get rid every, of them. every single species of octopus. I thought that's, that I saw like a YouTube video. Somebody posted in our Discord about it, and they made a claim about all octopuses are venomous. And I was like, that, that doesn't sound right. And then I looked at it. I was like, no, they actually are. I like, almost learned that the hard me. way when I was in Australia. I was <laughs> I was diving on the reef, and like an idiot, I'm I'm poking stuff. Sure. And there's this little octopus. The blue rings. Oh, yeah. And I That's guess it's one. like one of the most venomous yeah. creatures on the planet. Did you yeah. just get murdered by a snake too? <laughs> well, no. Brayden almost got murdered by a snake in uh, Thailand. Yeah. Okay. And I almost picked it up or like touched it. <laughs> your ape your ape brain took over and like, ooh, 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 touch. So when you're diving, <laughs> dive master will like have like a, ding, ding, yeah, I have like something to knock on the tank. And I start like, bing, 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 bing. And red I'm alert, like, red alert. I kind of look over my shoulder and he's just like, no, 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 no. And I was like, yeah. okay, I was, I don't, I didn't know why. And when we got up, he's like, you would die. We're yeah, like, we're like that. four hours from a hospital. You're, you're toast. And I was like, that's why I have the, the, 
the policy of never touch anything in the ocean. Oh yeah, fuck <laughs> that. I, I was young. I was young as dude. I was twenty. I was a. Uh, I was probably half drunk diving. It was probably stupid of me. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah. So uh, you have the um, the mapping of the octopus genome, but one of the things I found was really interesting is even though they kind of say uh, or they imply in the in the paper that octopuses kind of just spontaneously popped up out of nowhere. Uh, it's that you have that the octopus nervous system genes actually split from squids only about 135 million years ago. Not that long. Well, it's, it's like 400 million years after the Cambrian explosion because that's where they were trying to drive home the point. But so there, but there is this kind of caveat, I guess you could kind of put on it, with being like, perhaps... You know, it, maybe it is just all cephalopods in general. It could be like that because I think one of the the points they also try to make in the paper is that perhaps, like, like going back to Andrew's point about octopus having that that uh, the ability to kind of like rewrite their RNA. Uh, it's that you have um, you have these certain viruses, retroviruses, right, which are RNA based ones, and these ones. These viruses, essentially what they do is they kind of copy the DNA from a host and then they kind of insert themselves into the DNA and then they're of a, of a cell. And then they, and they kind of just like, they hang out in there. They don't always have to. And they form some of these, a lot of these form like symbiotic relationships. Like a good example of this, I think is the- symbiotes again. There you go. Well, what is the, the genes for um, the, the growth of the placenta in, in mammals? They're saying that there's like that was an or that might that's an evolutionary uh, tool that might have evolved from mm. an, a retrovirus, like a retrovirus might like that produced this as uh, a certain type of protein or something. I can't so remember. what you're saying is um, we we evolved from octopuses, octopuses, octopuses. I mean we, I mean we probably have it. I mean we all evolved on this planet, so maybe we all kind of. I mean we do have some type of ancestor. The octopuses overlords really did seed life on this planet. Absolutely. Perhaps. Um, you're wow. kind of having this. It, it's one of the cool things to explore is like, the, this is also something that, like the Cambrian explosion, which is still kind of a mystery, there's also this kind of uh, uh, exciting frontier about like the study of retroviruses and what exactly do they do in our DNA and where they think of it. And now that we've mapped the human genome just recently, we talked about it, like we can find more stuff about how that kind of how, how insane, just stop on that for a second. How insane is that? Would it take like 50 years to fully map the whole human genome? Took a while. Yeah. It's like, it took a long time. They're going to talk about that shit tomorrow. Going to tell us that we all got some Anunnaki, Anunnaki in us. <laughs> to be part of the fucking press conference. You watch. That'd be a fucking, so, imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> so there's support for this idea that perhaps like, um, you know, maybe maybe not the RNA stuff, but again, like the the whole panspermia idea that you know that the life was seeded here, or you know that the building blocks of life came from somewhere else. Um, you recently had that uh, a new discovery that report that f about like four billion years ago, you had this barrage of meteorites uh, that slammed into the Earth and may have uh, delivered a lot of the degree uh, like ingredients. And molecules that would have been needed to jumpstart the emergence of some of the earliest forms of life here on Earth. Easy, that's fucking. So, um, that's mind-boggling, boy. This is this leading up to that theory again. Some yeah. yep. something or someone, some species, seeded life on the planet by sh shooting DNA of border space rock into Earth. 
<laughs> or Crazy they had some of their baby eggs frozen left over on some remnant of their planet that was obliterated. So you're talking like the, the Kalel story here. We're yeah. talking about Superman. Yeah. Boy, it all comes back to comics. Right. It was all, all it was all frozen. <laughs> it was all frozen. Then it hits hits Earth, right? Gets superheated. And uh, all these little uh, fertilized eggs just go everywhere. Are you talking about the planet exploded? Those rock. Yeah, yeah Krypton. Yeah, well, like the planet collided or whatever and whatever. Oh, and just it just sent debris and randomly hit Earth. Yeah, crazy. Not quite. It's not quite Superman because they sent him to Earth. Yeah, they did because they knew that our star <laughs> was super powerful for him. Yeah, uh, yeah, They're and so you have you have originally now originally this this idea like it was still kind of out there, but it's it's becoming further and further, or closer and closer to becoming kind of accepted, or even like more. It's it's more in the running for other uh, uh, other theories of the arise of of complicated life here on Earth. Is that you had um, originally the the four main building blocks of DNA, uh, which you have like adenine, thymine, cytosine, guanine, right? Um, Originally, they couldn't. They could only find a couple of those. Like, was it like adenine and guanine in space rocks? And they couldn't find uh, the TCG, right? The thymine or the cytosine or the guanine originally. But they did another study of a couple of uh, what do they call them? Carbon rich, uh, the carbon rich meteorites that, that they got their hands on. And when they looked at these, they said that in their study that was recently published that they could detect trace amounts, or at least a good enough amount of those ones that they were missing. Now, there is some, there is some content or contention about whether that, that, that those... Are you just saying that they can find trace amounts of the all DNA on these fucking space right. rocks? so all the pieces. Like, we can find all the pieces. They found some small amounts of the pieces for all of the... Octopieces. Octopieces. All the, all the octopieces are falling into place. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking wild, though. That's crazy. It is. So they actually it's, found the full DNA building blocks of life, not life itself, but the building blocks of life on space rocks. Yeah, but there's there's still a little there's still a little pushback. There's still a little criticism being like uh, they have to be sure that some of these meteorites didn't pick up that stuff like when they crashed into Earth. So there's some scientists are being like that might have happened. That's a possibility. So it can't be confirmed because we weren't there, but. Um, there's, there's no way. Listen, because we all there, know that's that one of the criticisms that they say pop, perhaps that. But for you know, it kind of looks know, like you listen, have, Dan. We all know that big imaginary guy living up in the sky, fucking flicked his fingers in seven days. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> yeah. That's what you got. Well, maybe the story's just been distorted a little bit. That big fucking guy in the sky was actually a fucking octopus, and he uh, octopuses. <laughs> he was an octopus. <laughs> and he he yeah. purposefully Octa Jesus. <laughs> Octa Jesus. <laughs> Octa Jesus purposely uh, he spawns life on all planets by just throwing DNA in them. Boom. Uh, we just got we got a little wrong. We need a we need a we need a buddy Christ, but it's just eight arms. Yeah. Octa Jesus. <laughs> Octa Jesus, that. that's great. So um so here's the thing that if you if you think about it, that life began in the oceans. Like we know that. Like we know that a life began here, at least on this planet, has begun in the oceans. That even if it was seeded from some other planets, like you needed water, water for us, at least for intelligent life here on Earth, is required for yeah. um, the development of you know us and everything else here on this planet. Uh, 
And so it, there's the idea that perhaps that um, I think we talked about it. We, what we, we talked about it in um, during the Fermi paradox and talking about how perhaps maybe some planets like Earth, maybe the rarity that we are a rocky planet. You know, even though 75 percent of our you know the surface area is 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 oceans, you have um, uh, you know a majority of life lives there. You know, so you have uh, this idea that perhaps that there are watery alien worlds, and maybe that are more prolific out there, more suited you know, for yeah. life. Like we're looking for signs of life, like we know it, but we're not. We can't look deep enough into alien oceans to really find it. Right. So it's like we haven't even even the even the planetary bodies that we have here in our solar system in our in our neighborhood. Um, you have places like Europa, right, which is covered in a huge, like, what is it, like 15-mile deep, uh, deep ice shell uh, that we can't, we haven't even gotten to look at yet. But we do know, like recently, uh, that there are, there might actually be pockets of water uh, within that icy shell. So you could, you could almost have like a, maybe there's like a subterranean oceans, like in you know, variable depths, perhaps something. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm picturing in my head because they had could be like, so you have the you know all that ice, and then on the inside, like some type of volcanism or some type of heat, and have liquid water down there, and then you have these organisms that feast off like I don't know, say like the sulfur or whatever comes out of those like volcanic jets. Yeah, um, I mean, they just said recently that the the ice, like the water, could be closer to the surface than we actually think because. Um, on that icy shell, re- scientists recently have uh, observed these uh, these ice ridges, which bear a striking resemblance to ones that we see in Greenland, where you have like ice that has kind of made its way to the surface, and then it like kind of la- makes the way to the surface, and then it freezes, refreezes, and then kind of like pushes out these like double ridge formations on the surface up there. So, luckily, uh, we've already got a uh, we've already got a probe mission on the on the schedule to go down there because they're sending out NASA's Europa Clipper mission, uh, which is going to go ahead and kind of land on there. I guess they've got an ice penetrating radar, super sweet, uh, called Reason. <laughs> radar for Stupid. Europa assessment and sounding ocean to near surface. <laughs> NASA loves acronyms. They're the best. I love their stupid acronyms. Uh uh, which is it's been developed, and it, they say it's ideally suited to go ahead and perform the search to kind of like hit on there and then see what's beneath the ice, maybe, and see what we can we can find if there's an actual if there is an actual deep liquid ocean beneath that shell, and there might be something down there. You know, it could be maybe not intelligent life, but you know, even then, find something. That's oh, ice dude, squids. You find I mean, yeah. there. You go. <laughs> yeah, some octa octa pieces. <laughs> All right, just before we go a little farther with that theory, we're going to take a break, grab a beer, and we'll be right back. So, Octa-Jesus. So, so Octa-Jesus, <laughs> on the seventh day. <laughs> on the eighth day, Dan. On the eighth day. He squirted day. ink. Yeah. He inked on some comets <laughs> and sent them to Earth. <laughs> uh so you have this you have this idea that we talked about of having uh perhaps not having earth like worlds being the the predominant habitable worlds for life uh we we're, what we're kind of finding now is that 
uh, rocky worlds like Earth are relatively rare, or at least right now they're difficult to detect uh, for our current methods. With the James Webb telescope, we might find more. Who knows? Like we, we're finding more and more every day. Um, but there is a perhaps the more common planets that we're kind of coming across, at least for right now, are what are known as these mini Neptunes. And so there is a theory out there of the Haitian world. Um, and, so and th- that term's going to, like, I'm telling you, in the next couple of years with the James Webb stuff, it's going to explode. You're going to be... If you can buy any type of stock and crypto or anything that involves Haitian, <laughs> get into it. Yeah. If you want to put it on a t-shirt, you know, do it now. Um, Haitian, spelled H-Y-C-E-A-N, world, um, which is a portmanteau. It's a combination of both hydrogen and ocean. So it's essentially a, a like, I, I'm not sure they know they exist right now, but as a theoretical goal, uh, a giant planet that might have a sufficiently thick atmosphere like a thousand times thicker than Earth's. Uh, and it would actually act like a lid on top of the planet and then uh, keeping the pressure low enough that you could have liquid water on the surface and contained there for billions of years. Right. So yeah, I was reading, it was like, it's a, it's, a, it's a giant planet somewhere between like a Jupiter and an Earth, like somewhere in the middle. Like not not as big as Jupiter, but you know, maybe like, Right, like a Neptune or Uranus or something. Like. Yeah, they said like double the size of Earth to like 4.6 times the size of Earth from one thing I was reading. So, um, you know, having these having these Haitian worlds, uh, what scientists have kind of guessed or like worked out is that these, these Haitian worlds could actually be any distance from their star. So making them actually like a, a, a more likely place, theoretically, uh, a more likely place for life to have a chance for developing since, you know, at least life as we see it, you know, being aquatic or whatever. Well, one thing, one thing I read was like, if we're looking at for rocky planets like Earth, we have to look in this narrow, like the Goldilocks zone. We all know, right? right. Perfect distance around. But these types of planet, no matter where they are, kind of have a Goldilocks zone in almost any scenario within the planet itself, right? So that's why they're kind of excited, like depending on the pressure, the distance, there, there always might be a position where it could contain life. Right, because we, we think a Goldilocks zone is like a certain distance, certain ratio from the size of the star to the planet, which gets enough heat from the sun in order to have liquid water and uh, potentially like an oxygen-rich atmosphere, which then life like we know would thrive, but yeah, if it's like a thousand times denser atmosphere made of hydrogen, like we we're, we might just be looking in the wrong spot. Well, like even like close up, like Dan was saying, like to the sun, like a, an ocean world like this would eventually become tidal locked with the sun. And so while the surface would be uh, like the sun facing side would be absolutely scorched earth, you know, theoretically the shady side would be heated by you know, the core of the planet as well as like the 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 heat kind of like almost like a hot bath, right? The hot water is like, you know, making the nice side warm and, and it wouldn't have any light, but it would still have like, you know, sufficiently warm temperature in the water. A nice balmy 37 yeah. degrees. And then yeah, the, oppo- saying- <laughs> the opposite side of that, if it's like f- super far away, right? So it's like, kind of like that time where you like pee in the cold pool. Yeah, you get hit with a little bit of that warmth, right? Well, it's like <laughs> you would have the, that thick hydrogen acting like a, a shield in the, and you know, and a potential ice or whatever. But underneath, <laughs> you might have heat from the heat from the planet's core 
heating it up enough where you're like you're seeing like minus three degrees Celsius or something, right? So it's like there there's these potentials for uh, these kind of planets. Yeah, so we got to change up our idea of astronauts. So we're gonna need to get like <laughs> Steve Zissou out there. Yeah, right, right. Who's, um, wait, wait. That'd be who's Steve Zissou? Come on. No, no, Steve Zissou. Steve Zissou, the Aquatic Life from Life Aquatic. Life oh, Aquatic. the movie. Yeah. Okay, it's been long. He was like, <laughs> Zell was so thrown off. He just figured you were talking about a comic book character. He's never. Heard of. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what co- what superhero are we talking about this time? I thought your fucking hipster ass would know that shit for sure. That's probably my favorite Wes Anderson movie. It's probably one of my favorite movies. I've watched that movie at least like six times. It's, a, it's, it's one of his best. I like the Royal Tenenbaums a little bit better. I like yeah. the Grand Budapest Hotel. Rocket, I watched that back, like, when was high school now? Like, fucking 20 years ago, almost feels like. Actually, you know what? Yeah. Rushmore was really good, too. I said, yeah. I just, I, that, that whole movie, Bill Murray is fucking great. And just like, yeah, I love that movie. Um, but yeah, if we put him in his little yellow submarine out in one of these places, you know, you might find that it is more suitable uh, for life on these planets than perhaps even our own. Um, at least one planetary scientist, uh, Alan Stern, uh, at the Southwest Research Institute, uh, he presented a paper at the 52nd Annual Lunar and Planetary Science Conference uh, last year. And he was quoted as saying that interior water, like these interior water ocean worlds are better suited to provide many kinds of environmental stability and are less likely to suffer threats to life uh, from their own atmosphere, their star, their solar system, and the galaxy uh, than worlds are like Earth, which have their oceans on the outside. So they would be better protected, you know, having this super dense atmosphere. I mean, because our atmosphere protects us from, you know, planetary impacts a lot of times and kind of stuff like that. it, it protects us from all the radiation that shoots out from our own, you know, nuclear furnace star and things like this. So you could pro- perhaps these places would be better suited for life. You know, maybe we're the outlier, and that maybe there is, yeah, maybe they have a dual, maybe they have dual protection. Maybe like so they have, maybe they do have some type of magnetic sphere, magnetic sphere like we have, but right, right. plus the super dense atmosphere, which is extra shielding. So it's like, yeah, possibility for life may be greater. Well, and the other thing too with these, like when you start to look into these um, Heisen worlds is that, you know, they, lots of people be like, oh, well, it's suited for like extremophile life, like these lives that live in these extreme conditions. But the more and more I learned about them and like how many there are out there, the chances of potentially having life, even though we've never did, like found any yet, but like the theoretical potential, it far exceeds like our planet style of life i'm like maybe we're the fucking extreme files in this situation <laughs> whereas like earth was meant to like life was meant to be under these waters in these protected conditions and we're just like we are taking the brunt of the universe right now we're raw dogging the universe yeah yeah <laughs> out there with our two are with our four limbs and our <laughs> eyes that are, can't even see can't we can't even touch color like that's oh. it that's the theory that's the theory of all the e- et's They've evolved on these worlds. They have eight arms. And they found us on this like terrestrial rocky planet. Somehow we evolved in this like scorching sun with the new, you know, like all, all this radiation. They're like, how is this species thriving? And then they get here like, oh, they're actually savage, terrible beasts. And we're going <laughs> to- oh, super gross. They're <laughs> disgusting. Yeah. Uh, we're going to observe them until they annihilate themselves. And they, so they've been here for all this time. <laughs> Well, it's an interesting thing for like when I was thinking about like the prospect of life, like if intelligent life 
were to form under the water, you would think that that kind of life for me, it has like an additional barrier before you get like interstellar travel, right? Like you're underwater. So you're obviously, you know, meant to be, you're like reverse astronauts. You have like a, a suit that has pressure with filled with like whatever water you have. And then you, <laughs> then you have to explore like the land of your planet or the air, or like the atmosphere before you even start to even imagine getting into space. So then you have to like, not only discover all that, but then you have to discover flight, right? Then have propel some way to get off the planet. Like I, there's, to me, I'm like, there's just that extra layer of barrier uh, before you can become a, like an interstellar civilization. Maybe it's an advantage adapting to the pressures of the ocean. Cause like when we, when we train for space travel, right? We, the astronauts train in the ocean. Yeah, I think that's, point. but that's more to like, that's more to simulate like weightlessness, like space is a vacuum. <laughs> when we go to space, like we know, we know now like all these like health hazards of astronauts who linger in, at the space station for too long. Maybe if you developed as a octopus, let's say, in the depths of your planet, maybe you're just more capable of long-term space travel. Maybe you're just better adapted. I mean, if you, if it were like, uh, what's it like, um, Oh, fuck. What's the the abyss, right? Where they talk about that that uh the liquid oxygen um the liquid oxygen breathing system. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I read yeah. the abyss a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. I uh, so, I yeah, so like the the way it works is essentially like they they you know, Drown you swallow hyper oxygenated liquid in your into your body, like you fuse your lungs so they don't collapse under the pressure. Like so you could use like a smaller suit than a more maneuverable suit anyways. Um but yeah, it might be something like that. Like if you could take your environment with you, I guess. So you'd have to like take water with you. Like I guess their spaceships would have to have water or something in it. You know, maybe that's that. You know, you could. I don't know. It's like I. But, but see, it, that's but an, it, that's an extra barrier because like think about the weight, right? To then true. you you would need the energy to get off that planet if you have to contain that kind of pressure. I'm like the the obstacle. I I just think there's greater hurdles for an intelligent life on a water world to become spacefaring. I'm not saying it's then, impossible or anything. I'm just saying those just seem to me like there's extra, they would have more hurdles than a species like us. And per, and perhaps there's not even really a desire for them. There's not really a necessity for them to go into space. Because like some of these planets, like we said, they're already huge, right? So you have something. I, I think it would be really interesting. What I think would be kind of fun is um, if we could actually, you know, communicate better than we do. I mean, we can communicate in some sense, but like better with dolphins and like whales. Like we know how dolphins, like how smart they are and things like this. But if we could actually communicate and ask them, you know, it's like, you guys are so smart. Why are you stuck in the oceans? Like, why are you guys stuck in the fucking oceans? (laughs) Because they get to do whatever, they get to fuck everything they want. I mean, yes, they are. They are. And some species of dolphins are uh, exceedingly Brutal in some of their. Here's uh, my like. Do you think <laughs> let, let's let's say that the octopus, the octopuses, they were forced out of the water. Sure. Do you think at some point their RNA would develop to the point where they could breathe out of water, like they could develop uh, that? Because well, but think about like they 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 fucking evolved past having shells, right? Like they at some re- point. Yeah. yeah, they initially had shells for, and you think which makes no sense because you would think having a shell would be. A advantage to keep yourself protected, right? Well, like not, usually, we not, def- not necessarily. I would, I would say, just to be whatever. But um, sorry, uh, dude, I've always to, wanted a shell. 
Right, but if you but you don't if you have one, <laughs> just got that hunchback. Like, what is yeah. that fucking thing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would say like it wouldn't be necessarily an advantage if you evolved more into like you started moving into more of the environments that we find octopuses and the uh, like corals and stuff because you want to be able to fit into those spaces. And you also like, but uh, if you like, but if you had a shell, you wouldn't have to hide in the yeah. Corals. You just fit in your own space. Yeah, <laughs> in your shell. Yeah, the only space wherever you go. You would have to fucking <laughs> lug coconuts Lugging around. Coconuts. <laughs> well, if you're also becoming more predatory, like I feel like I would also like you want to be able to fit in those species yeah, so, so you can kind of They're prepping surprise. for the invasion, Dan. Yeah, That's yeah. why they ditch the shells. They're prepping sure. for the invasion of Yes. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna punch an octopus so hard. <laughs> First one that comes on Earth, I'm gonna punch her in the face. We have a worldwide face. octopus call coming up here. Yeah. That's why uh one of the guys <laughs> I don't want to tie <laughs> their arms up in a knot. There's a oh, Japanese okay. cartoon called Terraformars, and the concept of it is basically like they send humans to Mars to fight these these evil cockroach humans. Uh, beyond that, but they said they they give the, they infuse the humans with animal DNA, right? And one of the one of the best one of the leaders is infused with octopus DNA, and he's the most badass of like the entire thing. Like he's the best one. <laughs> well, it's only because somebody's not been infused with mongoose DNA. That guy would sure. be the best. That guy would be unstoppable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh. It's a pretty good one. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it would just be interesting to, to, you know, if we could talk to dolphins, if we could talk to whatever. I mean, if, like, why? I feel like dolphins would be annoying. I'm just putting it out there. I feel like they'd Dan, be Dan, did it in fog. The Simpsons, like, dolphins, like, they yes, take over, yeah. yeah. Invade and take us over? Yeah. <laughs> they did. They did. Um, oh, dude, didn't they? Aren't, isn't the military missing, like, fucking miller, militarized dolphins? Like, ones with, like, fucking rocket launchers on them or something ridiculous? What? No. Yes. Yes. After <laughs> Hurricane Katrina, we lost militarized fucking dolphins. Look that shit yeah, but up. Son. I don't think they have like rocket. They had laser beams on them. On them. They lived. They had fucking, fucking laser beams, beams attached to their head. They did <laughs> laser dolphins. I'm, I'm not lying. So hold on. He's not. Um, laser dolphins. Dolphins. Like laser beams on their heads, dude. Like no, but dolphins that have been trained in attack and kill missions. Okay. Um. The U.S. Navy admits that it had been training dolphins for those purposes. Sure. And are said to have missing since Hurricane Katrina. The military refuses to confirm that they are missing. Literally. So they're just, bi- they're, yeah, they're biding their time. Oh, they're so. laser dolphins, buddy. They're, dude, they're training them. I don't think they have rocket launchers on them. Laser, <laughs> laser dolphins. <laughs> it's rocket lasers. It would be interesting, though, to be because... Obviously, like, especially like orcas, you think about orcas and stuff like they have like huge net, like they think, they talk to each other, they come up with like, you know, plans and strategies for hunting and stuff that these things, they are communicating with each other more than, you know, we understand it. It would be interesting to find out if we could tap into that um, with some sort of technology that we have yet to develop um, that we could communicate with them back and forth. Maybe we I'd, just be, Shem- I'd just be interested to, to be stop like fucking scalping uh, trainers. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. Fuck that. So yeah, that's the kind of idea. Um, you know, it's it is life on these ocean worlds more like that because you think about how whales can communicate. Whales and dolphins uh, can communicate over great distances. You know, mm-hmm. just by you know using sound. You know, uh, clicks and whistles and whatever. But it, it, and just naturally, sound travels better through water and you would think like on these planets like you wouldn't even need like most most of our technology is kind of seems to be predicated on the idea of like communication right so like you know we need 
we need computers, we need phones, we need all this stuff because like we can't talk over really great distances. But you would think that like if there were these, um, I guess, cetacean, like the whales and dolphins, or even other some type of organism that uses uh, like sonic these sonic communication means underwater, uh, you, you could imagine like they could, they could already communicate. Over them, they wouldn't. Like, what would their technology even look like? Like, would they even need technology at that point? Because they're just like they're able to communicate with each other over these huge, great distances. Like, just what, dude, and not even that. Think about the fucking size. If these planets are like, you know, double the size of Earth, you know, in the end, bigger. How big some of these creatures could be that live in these oceans, right? In these in perfect in perfect conditions, right? You could have, you know, like. Absolute Moby Dicks. monsters, yeah. Bunch of fucking Moby Dicks. Kaiju is what you got <laughs> on these planets. Yeah. Fucking Kaiju. Stage, was it category five Kaijus? Yeah. Godzilla, pretty well, much. Well, it makes sense too, and because you would have you it would make sense that you have would have some sort of predator. So you would have these like gigantic super predators. We'd on, have like, unlimited space to grow, really. Like, yeah. well, I mean, like some some evolution, like the blue whale, like the blue whale evolved to be bigs because then you can't eat it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So you'd have some huge just these huge. The ocean can support the biggest, because isn't isn't the blue whale, which lives now, the biggest animal to ever exist ever yes. on the planet? Yes, yes. And we've lost and all like, the all those fucking all the dinosaurs, all like anything on land that was massive pales in comparison to what's a, isn't like a fucking like I want to what's like a thousand tons or something ridiculous like <laughs> it's fuck. huge it's yeah but it's. Yeah, like you said, like the oceans can support that, you know, the buoyancy and all that, like it's able to support if you had some of these thousand kilograms. Jesus. Um if you had some of these other plants like that. Twenty four meters. And the longest blue whale was hundred and ten feet seventeen inches. Hundred that's a ten story building. Just a fucking whale swimming <laughs> through the water. Just swimming. Yeah. I, I feel like it would be like one of those, what is it? Is it Star Trek 2? Which one is it that they go back in time? Is that 2? I don't know. Uh, you Three. would be the I, one to answer that on this um, podcast, Dan. <laughs> I don't know anybody else would know that. What are we What are we yeah. talking? Free Willy? Um, well, I was like, in one of the Star Trek movies, I think it's, no, it's not 2. Um, in one of the Star Trek movies, they, they, they have to go and get they have to get humpback whales to speak with a certain computer or something because the computer only speaks whale or something. The, I can't remember. They got to um, get the killer whale to jump over the barrier with the kids. But I, I would think it would be funny that at some point, like, uh, you know, hoping that the oceans remain the way that they are for the next, you know, when we discover life on other planets and you discover that life on these, these we find a Haitian world that has uh, creatures like that resemble dolphins and whales and we have to use like our dolphins and whales as ambassadors to that planet. <laughs> Oh, we're in trouble. So you have to like take them we're over there and be like, yeah. <laughs> you ship them over and they ask they ask the question like, oh, how's life on your planet? Like these motherfuckers trap us in a fucking small tank at SeaWorld. Yeah. Come here and, well, and rescue us. That's the bad part. part. What about when they fucking massacre them? Oh, yeah. the cove <laughs> in just like, was oh, it, Isn't cove. that Japan or whatever? Yeah. Wherever it is should be uh, fucking euthanized yeah. and wiped off the face of the planet. There is a, uh, yeah, but I'm just, but okay, you know, Assuming that you know, on the on you know, predicated on the idea that we somehow make peaceful relations with dolphins and whales at some point, <laughs> and uh, we 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 manage to coexist peacefully with them. The only person left is the kid from Free Willy. They're like, we're saving this guy. <laughs> it's the only yeah. one. Um, I think it'd be interesting that if you could, 
transplant. It might be easier to transplant some of these aquatic species into another Haitian world or something like this. Or even it might be easier to to maintain uh, like a favorable relationship with with creatures on these worlds because you'd think that they're not really using the surface, right? We can't really go underneath the ocean. Like, what if, well, what if we just had to build like just moving islands or something? We just build artificial islands on these plants. Like, look, we'll just we'll kind of hang out on the top, and then you guys can hang out in the yeah. water. And we're just gonna toss be cool, our right? we're gonna toss our garbage anything, in here. There's nothing I mean, that can do both. There's no best of both worlds because that's what we gotta be worried about. Um. Well, that dude, it's it's one That's of those scary. things too, where it's like you think because if you f- think about communicating underwater, like it would make sense that it's some sort of frequency. If 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 that is similar to like whales and stuff, that it would be beneficial for us to figure that out before we go, because then we could do, you know, testing in, in some of these worlds where we play some frequencies to see if we get responses, right? Yeah, Even it's, if it's, it's foreign, like, right? Because yeah. we wouldn't know. So it's, but to me, it would. That would make the most sense is if you're like if you found a world where you truly believe that there is, you know, some sort of big like bigger, more intelligent life that you would have these frequencies and and basically microphones to just pick up a response. <laughs> we'll just have to gather up our fucking Arthur Curries and our Namors. Fuck that, right? Meteor Studios, <laughs> <laughs> big, big Theory Productions. Yeah, we're coming. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I. I think it's generally uh, a really interesting idea to even having like these aquatic worlds out there or even like it it really expands our you know the the idea that if you don't just think about intelligent life you know having the two arms and two legs and one head that we do um being that there are other there might be other places where life has uh, developed in completely different or you know the dominant life form has evolved in a completely different uh environment than what we have so having uh, these places would be would be really neat. You know, a, a human-looking figure to a fucking octop- octopus, the octo-jesus. 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 It's limitless out there. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it kind of <laughs> makes me. It kind of makes me wonder too. Like when I was thinking about this in the in the terms of like extraterrestrials and stuff, because it's not like you know if you think about a lot of the descriptions we get. It doesn't like a lot of these. This kind of life, it seems like it wouldn't live underwater, like the of the stuff we get. But then it made me wondering of like, you know, if we go to the theory of like these things are potentially just like they're not actually living. They're like like bios, some sort of bio machine, like the little grays and stuff. And the reason they, you know, they speak in these, uh, you know, telepathically is because that's what they would do under like, you know, in a water world. Uh, and then, like the crop circles and stuff, where you know we've talked with Freddie Silver, where he's talking about like these high, fre- you know, potentially like high frequencies changing that. It's like they don't know how to communicate with us because we don't live underwater, so they're they're like at a disadvantage. Like we we don't get it. Like we like there's such a disconnect. Like we can talk through frequency, we can communicate, but they're we're just not on the same wavelength as these things at all. But the, on that same note, though, like sound underwater is very similar to sound in air. It just travels faster because water is more dense. Because like when a dolphin comes out of the water, it can still chirp at you. Yeah. Right. But I don't know what he's saying. You don't know what he's saying though. This is true. Right? But you can have like those really, couldn't you have like the really low frequency sounds that some whales and stuff make and those travel like way farther than they would, right? I mean, they would trip like these... Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because yeah, humans only hear so low of hertz, right? Like I don't know. It's like some say like thirty or twenty or forty, but like it's 
it can go much lower. So how how do we know they're not coming from the bottom of the ocean? They're not coming from space. They're coming from the bottom of the ocean. And that's what like when we see like the tic tac and all that shit, we see it disappear into the water, right? Like it's like that's a good point. Right? Like how because we never like there's so much of it. And how many of these oceans have we really been to the depths of? Right? Could, like. The, could you imagine that they traverse space and time and that's where it's the easiest for them to uh, live while visiting is deep under our ocean because that's most suited to like their, their home atmosphere, world. Atmosphere, yeah. Right? Like the pressure and everything. So it's like, that's where they are like, they spend as little time in the surface as, as possible. Dude, we, we'd have no idea. We have a tsunami and we discover brand new fucking species of fish and shit like that that we've never seen before. Like there's stuff under there that we've never seen. Haven't we explored more of the moon. <laughs> yeah, then the, the depth I of the mean, ocean. Yeah, it could be just, it could be the abyss situation. It's just the, that there's, they landed down there and yeah, that's where they, their, their species is, that's their native environment or something like that and they're just hanging out there observing us for a certain amount of time. Like they just send up their, they send up their probes every now and then, different intervals of time and then shoot them up out of the water and then kind of do recon. Maybe or, there's a species of octopus that came here on that comet 550 million years ago. They evolved. They became super advanced, but not all of them. You know, there's a couple that you know they they wanted to they wanted to stay in the few of the duds became fucking cuttlefish. They wanted to stay stay true to their original form. They didn't want it. They didn't want the new technology. They wanted to live apart from them. And that's those are the octopus we see. You know, they're still really smart. It's just super weird. But then there's a fucking higher more intelligent version of these oct these fucking oct octogesis down there. Well, if you Bunch developed it, you know, it kind of makes sense when we when we think about that, like, you know, we go like, oh, these things don't have, when they see Uf UFOs and UAPs, we're like, there's no propulsion system. Well, propulsion system developed underwater at deep pressure would, you wouldn't, like, it wouldn't look like anything we know uh, for propulsion systems, right? So it, it would have to be a completely different, like, set of science that we just don't fathom because we're not developing shit underwater. Well, I mean, we are in a way. I mean, because that's kind of a similar thing to sound like you have water jets and air jets, a very similar technology, but they're, they're just using different mediums. But as far as, yeah, as far as what, 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 the way, what they have down there just would not be effective on the surface. I don't know. It's an interesting thought. But, and again, even if we go to these water worlds, with their sheer size and stuff, we're going to have immediate difficulties with, you know, the immense ocean pressures of of getting of getting deep. Same issues we have on Earth is that like going deep is hard. Like it's, we don't have it's, sweet gills like Kevin Costner. <laughs> yeah, true. Even like our like our best submarines can they only go so deep for so long because the pressure to maintain like the the like the air pressure inside those little cockpits on those submarines. Yeah, they're only down there for like. You usually have like those like submersible like bases that are whatever a thousand meters down and they have to slowly pressurize you down there. You got to pressurize and then you got to launch a sub and down you go and you can only be on it down there for so long. Yeah, it's wild. It's harder to, yeah, it's harder to stay extended periods of time at the bottom of the ocean than it is to go to space. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. That's why their their technology would be completely different from ours. It'd be like a different set of kind of 
you know, you can't use metals and stuff. It'd be something like polymers or naturally like like seashells. I don't know. You have the, <laughs> like, like you know. I imagine I see these. I see you know. I watch the fucking uh, the Clone Wars series, the Star Wars Clone Wars series, and I think like the Mon Calamari and stuff. And they just have like, these giant, you know, they have giant cities made of like they look like conical shells and stuff like this, and they're just like made out of coral, and they've just you know they just mastered that kind of building or something. Maybe they just grow their uh, they grow their cities. You know, as opposed to whatever they grow and shape them like in some science fiction <laughs> civilizations they do that kind of same thing shape stuff from like bone or some kind of uh yeah uh, some kind of natural sediment or something i don't know be kind of neat well it's like we can grow like, coral yeah. with like we've you know we've done i remember watching something about like off the coast of florida with like uh using electricity to like sim like stimulate coral growth on like you know, shit that we put in there. Like, so they've tried to make like artificial reefs and stuff. Um, so if, like they have some sort of technology where it's like they can stimulate the coral growth rapidly, right? And get us like, get a start. Like you said, like, I don't see why, why that's out of the question. If they're using electricity, they're just electric eels. Just a yeah. civilization of hyper-intelligent electric eels, just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every time you want to use something, you just got to charge it up. <laughs> I mean, that'd be a cool way to, for them to communicate electrical impulses. I mean, other, I mean, sea creatures here do that too. Um, but yeah, that'd be another way you could, you know, it's just a, it's just a myriad of ways that you could have life evolving in the oceans that would just be super neat. I don't and know. The, <laughs> like, the weird thing, the interesting to, thing is too, is like the, 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 one of the things that I was like, oh, that's kind of an, an interesting thought is that like these uh, Heisen worlds are, uh, you know, much more common commonplace in the universe we kind of find way more of them however they're they are difficult to study because unfortunately there's not one in our solar system right, right. as commonplace as they are like we don't have one right um so it's it to me again i just i keep going back to the point as, as i was watching all these videos and reading that i'm like man maybe you know we're the we're the extremophile like we are like life outside of the water is you get it gets in catastrophically more difficult, like unbelievably more difficult. But then that, in the same token, is like the the chance for these lives to go interstellar. I feel like there's just a little bit too many hurdles in the way that you know could, you know, we said that before. Like, well, where are they? And it's like, well, if if these complex life have an additional couple hurdles that we, you know, we're just kind of lucky because we didn't, that could explain, you know, where some of these civilizations get tripped up. It's getting off world, right? Or, yeah, or they just don't have, like we said, but like even in the, we talked about the framing products, like maybe it's just a matter, yeah, like it's difficult, but it's also maybe they have no desire to. Like it's just like they have all the resources. I, There's no, I if you had an entire ocean worth, I don't think thing. that, Dan, because I think, as you get an intelligent race, people would wonder, right? Creatures would wonder, they would look up, and just like we do, you would wonder what's out there. And people would But you'd also have like most it. of our most of our evolution has been driven by a competition for resources. So if you had an an entire ocean planet's worth of resources, like if you had this stuff that you didn't have to compete for all that stuff because your planet's so huge and that you know, you're sitting like four times the size of Earth. And you've got all of the ocean to kind of all this space, like we might not have the desire to really go. That's actually one of the theories about like how we became intelligent is that like struggle breeds intelligence. 
So like us, like struggling so hard to survive made us adapt faster than other species. And then we would adapt faster and faster and faster and faster. And then, you know, we learned to stand up. Like if you go with a strict evolution, no aliens evolved. You learn to stand up, you learn to throw, you learn to start fire. And all because the struggle was so hard and so many people would die in those small early human tribes. That's what bred intelligence. Like that's one of the main theories is like, it was so hard to survive that in order to survive, you had to become more intelligent and more intelligent and more intelligent. So if you, yeah, as Dan said, if you are in this like giant water world, trapped under, you know, a, a thousand kilometers of super dense hydrogen cloud, but you have, you know, a thousand times more resources per person, let's just say, that, you know, it, it almost would not like propel you to need to leave that spot, you know? Like you become so advanced, you know exactly how to use your resources. That's that'd be kind of like the theory of like maybe why dolphin, you know, dolphins have that gigantic fucking brain. It was like it was like the frontal cortex or whatever, Andrew. It's bigger than a human's. Yeah. So like their ability to reason and stuff almost seems like it should be more, but they've never really had the need to learn how to manipulate environment because you know there was unlimited fish and they're like so they've never really needed. So what you're saying is we gotta we gotta make them struggle. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't want that. We are making them struggle. We're fucking knocking down their population. The next thing you know, they're walking on their fucking fins out of the out of the ocean, oh, grabbing fucking javelins and killing us. Enough. Okay, so octopus add dolphins to the mix. They gotta go. <laughs> Thank you, SeaWorld. Well, Thank you. We're we're lucky enough to know that Octo Jesus anointed us with his cosmic ink and gave us intelligence. Yeah. So we're we're pretty set on that. So I think I don't want to have to fight Jesus' name. We pray. <laughs> <laughs> the father, the octo the cephalopod. The f no, the father, the son, the holy squid. The holy squid. <laughs> holy squid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Got to put your fours up. It's a super cool thing to theorize about. I was like, we know life on on this planet, and like we we know how we kind of evolved, uh, taking any type of alien intervention out. We think we we got a kind of an idea. I mean, it's, it's pretty hard to be one hundred percent. Hundred percent sure. I I think it's really just neat that we have like we've ma we've mapped our own genome. We've mapped the genome of other species, and we can see like we can trace back the history of these species and like when they were you know when octopus octopuses uh, split off from squids and like cuttlefish and when they became their own species. And we we we're learning all of this kind of cool stuff. And um, you know we were talking about it a little bit before the show, but I was saying like if you go back into like the fossil record and just see the stuff that we're finding and pulling up all the time, like the stuff from the Cambrian era. If you look that up, like Cambrian explosion, pull it up on Google and look at the the life forms that were evolving here on Earth that existed here on Earth. Aliens, Nightmares. alien, like this. They're like this. There's no other way to describe these creatures that have like the like weird appendages and places that they shouldn't be or that that wouldn't be at all familiar today um just a lot of like weird stuff and you're like some of these things that look so incredibly weird are like those were the alpha predators of the day and, you know those were the dominant life form at one point and it's just like it's so neat to to see this stuff and and where we're like where we come from where we're going um and the fact that the, even here on earth like life is still weird there's still tons of things we have to learn about other species that have evolved here on Earth and that live beside us, <laughs> like right next door. Yeah, we've just really scratched the surface on like a lot of these things. Like re really only like a couple hundred years, if that, of research. So it'd be, like, 
be so cool to have a time machine, you know, and come back, like go a thousand years in the future and be like, what do we know? What do we know now? What do we know now? Like, yeah. what do we know? Well, then Andrew would just use it to take it back to find the first octopus and punch him in the face. Oh, no. Beat his ass. That's not true. Just like him. <laughs> I'm going to feed baby Hitler to the fucking octopuses and then I'm going to fucking <laughs> tie the octopus in a knot and drop kick his ass. He, Problem well, solved. Save the no. world. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, You're welcome. Right. Andrew's going to go to 3396 when the Lions first win the... <laughs> Hey, hey, hey. I go back to 1957. Well, hey, the next Sunday make the playoffs. <laughs> Which is uh, I, another year. Not this year, but next year they're making playoffs. Was it, wasn't 57, though, not the, not the NFL as we know it today? No, nah, it wasn't the NFL, but they won the championship. They won the championship three times. I think they were 53, 54, and 57. Does it count? Does it count? Well, I, not, I, I never say it does. <laughs> but I'm saying the You would go back just to experience... I'd go back to 57 and watch Bobby Lane just fucking throwing fucking strikes right in the end zone there, boys. Fair. It's a beautiful time. <laughs> what a time to be alive, 1957. All right, if you have a thought or a theory on, you know, evolution on alien worlds, make sure to go to aliantheorist.com, f- find us on the socials, shoot us a message. A lot of cool stuff to talk about. So if- yep. Tell us how many full-grown octopuses you could fight at one time. None. If you have a theory on how to fight an octopus in hand-to-hand combat, please make sure to let us know. Hand-to-hand combat. It's the only way to do it. Time <laughs> in a fucking knot. There's no way you're going to be able to tie a fucking octopus in a knot. I'll do man. it. Fuck you no, up. I won't. Just kidding. That's terrifying. I, I guarantee they can to do figure out how to get out of it. We didn't even talk about that. Like They have a fucking beak. Yeah, terrifying. How do you make it fucking scarier? Oh, it's out of beak to the mix. Beak. A bone-crushing beak. And let's give them a Mars Attacks alien head. That'll be perfect. <laughs> They're fucking terrifying. And it's allow them to be able to squeeze that gigantic head through a tiny hole. Just like if they're stuck in a room, they can just like wedge through the door underneath the door and Ooh. pop out the other side. Like, we got to hunt down that captain. Could you imagine? Captain Ahab that Brady was <laughs> on that boat. He knows how to fucking take them home. Could you imagine like a like a human-sized like octopus that roam la- like, like a big one on I the mean, land? Yeah, it's called and a kraken. Then, and then you're just like, there was, there's like, there's literally no hiding from it. Like if it wants to get you, like any, there's a crack under your door. It's just like, like T-1000 is well, like, as long as, <laughs> as long as his beak can fit, it's coming long, through. No, no. As long as the, the hole is the size of it or is, is bigger than their eye, it can fit through it. That's, that's the. Oh, like, could you imagine? So the first thing you'd see was an eye coming through the hole. Uh, and then it'd be like. <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> Yeah, dude, dude, I want nothing to do with these guys. I think we got to get rid of them. We got to fucking, we got to get rid of them. All right. Hey, sorry, sorry, P to people. Octopus got to go. Sorry, Octa Jesus. <laughs> Octa Jesus. It's way she's got to be, bro. Your spawn got to go because they're terrifying and we not a fan around here. Well, think about that. What I can't remember. I think it's like Pirates of the Caribbean where fucking Buddy's tentacle goes in Bud's mouth. Comes out his eyeballs and his nose and shit. Like, I just picture that. Like, oh, man. No, I didn't want to picture that until you put it in there. Right there. Yeah, up the, yeah, all connected through the sinus. Fucking tentacles oh, comes come out your eye. Pops the eye. Open. Oh, fuck that. I blocked that from my memory. But then it comes out your <laughs> eye socket and chokes you to death. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. One on one, you can't beat an octopus, I don't think. No, it's going it. to kill you every time. No, I'll take it out. No, I don't think so. I'll take it up. We got guns. You're going to try and rip off one arm and it's going to fucking wrap around your I'll neck. Shoot it up in its fucking big ass head. You don't have a gun. Oh, yeah, I do. I'm packing heat, son. 
I don't know if you had to, you didn't know how to use it well enough to fucking fight an octopus. Are, are you kidding me? You saw my ass fully stance when we went to Texas. I blast the fuck out of octopus. Hey, octopus. Sure. If, Power hey, stance. Think about this. Think about this. They get into our water supply. They come up through oh. the sewer. You're taking a shit. It wedges oh, itself right up. Ass. Oh no! Guess what? Guess what? Guess oh, what? No. If 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 that butthole is bigger than its eye, bigger than its eye, it's coming <laughs> it's in. It's not. Uh, right? uh, now you are the octopus. <laughs> Clench, boys. Clench. There's no way to fight the octopus, man. Uh, no, nowhere safe. Everyone, everything is connected in our world through water pipes, and they're coming that's, through. That's how they. That's how they take you over. We're gonna have the last like fortress in the Sahara Desert. Just no water. Yeah. You have, you have, you have to get those machines that make water out of the atmosphere. Yeah. So that's the only way to survive. Hey, no wonder why, no wonder, hey, this makes sense why they're building the, you know, and all of a sudden it makes sense why they're building all the tunnels under, you know, Denver airport. It's a mile up, right? So when that flood happens, right, we got to get away from the octopi, octa yeah. pieces. And their leader, octa pieces. Right? The octa pieces with the leader, octa Jesus. I guarantee you when they bat, when they dig up a little more Gobeki Tepe, it's all octopus warnings, baby. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> we just have pillar 84 right now when they get to p- pillar one, octopiece. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Watch out for octa Jesus. Yeah, just hey, a little squid. It's great. Uh, that was fun. Who do we got this week for Theorite of the Week? Oh, I got that somewhere. Let me see. Um, this week's theory of the week is Michael Laurent Cesarez. Repping the boys out here at Teotihuacan. Oh, that was ATT cool. Worldwide. Fucking unreal Dope picture, picture. Too. Yeah, yeah, it's just awesome. He's got an OG alien oh, shirt. This, dude, this, this is probably one of my favorite people from fucking Austin. This guy's yeah. a huge beauty. Yeah, he's a huge beauty. I didn't, why didn't I know? I didn't recognize the name. The guy's a huge uh, beauty. Yeah, he was hilarious. Oh, there he is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, I can't, I fucking, I didn't put two and two together. Huge beauty. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, Mike. Are we calling yeah. that's what, yeah, Mikey, fuck yeah. Beauty. Is that Teo Tubacon? Rocking an ATT tarp. One of the OG original logos. Not the alien yeah. head, but the second one. Cool. I don't know if that's an OG one, because I think that's a spaced out one, but we'll still give it to, we'll still give it to him. The logo's OG. Just the spaced out is not quite OG, but yeah, uh, that's super cool. You go, you go oh, to a yeah. spot like that, you take a picture in an AT t-shirt, that's almost a guaranteed uh, theory of the week right there. Absolutely. All right. And if you're not supporting the show and you want early access and ad-free and you want to support your favorite podcast, you know you know where to go by now. Aliantheorist.com. Click the link for support. Patreon, the Supercast. You can't miss it. We really appreciate it. This week's newest supporters. Wow, where's my music? I need my music. There it is. New supporters, the Grainers, Abilene Walker, Eric Meza. That name sounds familiar. I think they've been back a few times. Dayton Coyne, Gilbert Leary, Nate Olson with a full year pledge, Brant with a full year pledge, Alpha Kenny Body goes up to a Ron Pond approved pledge. Okay. That Mac. Elaine Merriman. Rihanna Godwin and Star Boyden. Thank you very much for supporting the show. We really appreciate it. And as we always say at the end of these things, 
keep those eyes on the skies. See you in the after hour. And octopuses. Mm-hmm. And octopuses. Watch out, Watch out for them. Yeah.